Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everybody, in this episode of the GH Report, Michael kicks his plot into high gear, Bobby wears black to a wedding, and Carly makes a dramatic last-minute appearance at a wedding. Plus, Carla met John Singleton. We're going to talk all about that and more next. You're tuning in to the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Hey everybody, look at that. We are here, never fear, on a Sunday night to bring you that hot quality GH content you know and love right here in the GH Report. I'm Frank Moran. And I'm Carla Renata, your co-host. And close personal friend of John Singleton. <laughs> okay, you know what, Frank? I can't tell you nothing. So, <laughs> so just so that y'all can be in on the daggone joke, my other job is as a film critic. I have a show here at Black Hollywood Live called Black Tomatoes. And one of my film critics organizations asked me to moderate a panel with John Singleton celebrating the 25th anniversary of Poetic Justice. And uh, it was awesome. And I met him. It was cool. Look at that. Yeah, it was cool. So, you know. uh, will this be going on social media so they can all follow you on It's that? all there. Oh, look all at that. on social media. You know me. I social medialize everything. At the Curvy Crick. <laughs> At oh. the Curvy oh, Hey! Thanks for the plug, Steven. That. It's the man with the plan the play, who couldn't run this show without, and that's Steve. Look at that, Steve. <laughs> Everybody can see some love right there. And, of course, folks, you know what? Like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and hop in the chat. Carly's got it up and running on her phone. She's already been going through your comments, giving I her have. takes and your opinions. So keep going with that as we break down this week's episodes. Oh, but wait. I have some news. So um, Kelly told me in the chat. Okay, so I told you off. No, I didn't tell you. So I was on social media as usual. Stalking Maurice Bernard, as I usually do. And I saw that he was in New York or someplace with a fan, and him and his fan took a picture. And he was like, oh, it was so great to hang with you. I'm like, um, Maurice Bubala, <laughs> I'm going to need you to come over to the After Buzz and come over here you know, at the, the General Hospital after show. Like, come on, come on. So Kelly says, Carla looks like Steve and Bradford bet you to get Maurice two weeks in a row on their Stone Cold and the Jackal podcast. So I'm, I just might have to go on their Stone Cold and Jackal podcast and then get them too so that they can stop clowning me. There like Frank clowns me about Maurice. But all three of them will be here at some point. I'm just saying before 2018 is over. Somebody from General <laughs> Hospital is going to be here. I don't know who, but oh, somebody. Now, now I, I like that it's dropping lower and lower. No, it's lower. not dropping. I, I am cautiously optimistic. We are going to get somebody that, that cleans the sets uh, after hours. We're going to get him right in the studio. <laughs> Sharing about you know what it's like with I, you know, working look, on the if set he can go, if he can go meet with that person in New York and he live in L A he can drive over here twenty minutes to L A I'm just saying all right I'm just saying all right well Maurice uh, it ain't gonna kill you come on over we love we love Sonny Corinthos I look look dude I've been watching you on television for more than twenty five I know you've been on General Hospital for twenty five years I've been watching you before that when you were over on All My Children I saw you in that when you did that um, um, Lucy movie where you play Ricky Ricardo come on i am like a maurice bernard fan come on now i'm i'm the one so you might want to work that out and that brings you this week's maurice watch (laughs) right here on the gh report 
And as always, we're going to jump right into uh, this week's shows in particular. But before we do that, Carla, just a general overview. What did you think of the week? You know, I kind of like how they stepped it up with with Carly's situation. I kind of like how they cautiously escalated the situation with Nell. And um, I'm kind of getting tired of Peter. And Well, he's not in the cabin anymore, but I'm g- getting real tired. They need to uh, bring that little situation to a resolution because I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> over. I'm over him going, please, somebody help me. I'm like, I'm over it. Uh, yeah. It, and I, I love that actor, but I'm like, oh. Over that storyline. That storyline, yeah. Again, as we've talked about many weeks, uh, it, because it has gone on for many, 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 far too long. It feels like it's been weeks. going on for centuries, but there's that. Uh, <laughs> so why don't we, we'll jump right into that storyline uh, first here. Okay. You know, what looked like to be uh, a hopeful uh, fin- a finding of Peter August turned out to be just a nice bait and switch. Uh, well, Peter kind of reached out to Nina, tried to apply on her conscience. To free him, and it looked like that was going to happen. I know. Now I got to give it to him for that. They had me on that one. I thought, oh dang, Nina going to let him go. And then when they cut back, she was in a different location with Liesel. I'm like, oh, they got me on that. They got me on that one. They got me good on that one. Yeah, uh, disappointing because, especially <laughs> for Peter, when he's saying like. He thought it. he was out of there. But I feel bad for the little Boy Scout, Wyatt. Like, I feel bad for Wyatt. I give uh, a very... I, I don't feel bad for Wyatt at all. <laughs> Wyatt is annoying. <laughs> Wyatt is terrible. Because... So he comes back. He, he, first Wyatt, he can't don't t- call first, a child terrible. He's terrible. Oh. Uh, because he couldn't, he couldn't untie those knots. Oh, I don't have my badge yet for that. I don't know how to do this. I'm not no, so no, no. It's not that he couldn't untie the knots. He didn't want to untie the knots if he wasn't going to be rewarded for it, which is typical kid behavior. Like, why should I do this if I'm not going to get something that's going to benefit me? Any child would do that. He was trying at the beginning of the week, but he said, like, I can't do it. I'm not so good. So he couldn't get him out of those knots. Then he hides, and then he leaves. And Peter says, hey, guess what? Why don't you take this notebook with you? So that's proof that you know somebody's being held because in because he had he had um confessed to Peter that he's known for telling tall tales and that people don't believe yes. him so him taking that notebook would make somebody believe him so then he goes all runs directly to Franco which was like oh all right well that's a way to get Franco involved in the storyline okay great <laughs> not not who I was expecting him to run into but sure let's go with that then takes forever to go oh yeah i have this notebook that they gave me. Yeah, that, that was, was kind of annoying. That was kind of annoying. That was super But what annoying. was even more annoying than that, so we know that Fanola Hughes is on vacation. So what was even more annoying than that is now they have the, now they find, they they think they found Heinrich slash Peter. Anna's not in town, nowhere to be seen or heard from, but Finn is leaving her messages telling her what's up. Which to me, if I didn't know any better, I would think, okay, this is making you look like the not so caring mother that you have been co- proclaiming to be for weeks on end. So there's that. And then the other thing, <laughs> the other thing is, all of a sudden he's trying to play super sleuth, trying to find out whether or not it's Liesel, and then he drags Franco to the cabin with him. I'm like, y'all are killing me right now. I can't. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not done with Wyatt yet, Carla. Oh, okay. Let's go back to Wyatt. Not only does he not remember that he's got this notebook with him. Which would be the surefire way to get somebody on board that, you, oh yeah, this kid must be right. Not only does he not remember what Peter August looks like and can't figure out, like, oh yeah, with a beard, maybe. But he can draw right oh, from memory. Yeah, that I didn't, I, that I didn't like when, when they left the room and he said, well, with a beard. No, he doesn't look familiar. And then they left the room and he was like, oh, with a beard, maybe. I'm like, dude, come on. Oh, yeah. I can't. But he can draw from memory. Uh, <laughs> no, Obrecht's so, shoes. Somebody. 
Somebody said in the chat room we need to be punched in his throat. <laughs> oh. That is great. Oh, no, uh, that's Steve. messed up. <laughs> Again, coming through with a quality sound drop. But he can draw Liesl's shoe from memory. So, I mean, clearly the kid's got something going for him. He might have been traumatized. But, but only about shoes. That's the only, the only thing that he excels at he is drawing tra- shoes. He might have been traumatized. That's why he couldn't remember what, what Peter looked like. And his drawing of, like, the, the bed and the monster, the, the person situation, that was terrible. But the shoe was just <laughs> phenomenal. The shoe was, just like, spot on. But everything else was oh, So Wyatt is the absolute worst. The absolute worst character. <laughs> But we now have Peter August. He's dragged over to where everybody who's going to be kidnapped and try to be hidden in some way, shape, or form in the show. They end up on Spoon Island, and more often than not, they're going to end up in the Staples. And that's where good old Peter August is now. And then, so then they end up in the Staples. Liesl takes him there, and then Nina gets in even more hot water by paying somebody to say the Spoon Island is under quarantine of all things, the West Nile virus. I'm like, seriously? That's all you can come up with? And then, I forget, is it the Sam? Is Sam the person that overhears that? I think it's Sam. Of course. So Sam overhears that. She's paying old boy off. She's telling Valentine he can't get on the schooner to go back over there because of the West Nile virus. And now Valentine is looking at her with one eye open. Like, you just told me 10 minutes ago you couldn't stand me. We were never getting back together. And now, <laughs> and now you're trying to save my life? That don't make no kind of sense. Uh, tell me, and I'm sure you know Nina's just playing that as very polite but dismissive. <laughs> but uh, if you hired an actor, Carla, to help you kind of run a scheme on somebody, and then afterwards that person said, you know what, hey, I'm doing a show coming up this week. That was I play so, this. that was so tired. But there are actors like that. Would you go to that person's oh, show? No, <laughs> no, you ain't going to their show. It's like I paid, I got you what I needed you to do, and I paid you, and we're done. I don't need to be best friends with you. I don't need to see your show. I don't need to be supporting your life as an actor. You gave the performance of your life. Get your little Tony in the form of a check and go on about your business. Oof. <laughs> you are cold. That ain't cold. That's the truth. I'm just trying to get you to come see that quality show. You know show what, Frank Moran? Out. You know you wouldn't do it either. No. Why are you trying to throw that on me? No. Don't even try that. There's no way she ever I'd go to that show. Exactly. But you know what, though? <laughs> Speaking of shows, AfterBuzz, you know, we we are a network that produces after shows for nearly all your favorite TV shows. From drama, reality, sci-fi, and more, there is no network, absolutely no network, that works harder to serve its television's fans. But we need your help. Now we're asking you to subscribe to one or more of our YouTube channels. By subscribing to our channel, YouTube will suggest content that's tailor-made for you, and you'll help AfterBuzz continue to grow. And if you're worried about those pesky notifications, don't worry. They are optional. So hit that subscribe button now for this channel and check out our other AfterBuzz YouTube channels as well. Let us know you did so in the comments. And you know what? Carla Renata is going to give you a personalized <laughs> shout-out tailored specifically to you right here on the show. Oh, so yeah. for now, thanks for being the best fans in the world and for helping us make ESPN. Uh, after Buzz, the ESPN of TV talk. They clown on me, though, because they said there should be a drinking game every time I say I can't or pure comedy. Yes, those are my catchphrases. Don't hate me. <laughs> <laughs> or she will come for you. <laughs> I won't come for you, but, you know. There'll be a throat punch coming your way. <laughs> you might get punched in your throat. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, all right. The, the other great storyline this week is, well, we finally start getting some, some traction on where this body is buried that Sonny's so worried about. Or, right. or this, this body from Croton. Where is it at? Right. Uh, and we find out that it is buried underneath, uh, somewhere in Julia, uh, uh, Julian's, Charlie's office. Yeah, the new kind of like 
Well, it's in the back, right? It's in, in, the, in, back in the back tomorrow. of the office. Which, of course, now that he wants to renovate, ah, sales are going good. People are asking me for a lot of stuff, which you know, doesn't surprise me because everybody is at this place. Mm-hmm. Once this place opened, everybody in town was frequenting this. <laughs> I know. They, no they got rid of every place else. Yes. <laughs> Which makes me laugh. Mac is sitting at the floating rib just staring at those. <laughs> floating rib is just, you know, they go there if they don't have, they go there in the Metro Court if they don't have a choice. Yeah, but it's Charlie's <laughs> through and through. So he wants to blow out that, that back stock room there, open up a nice maybe an outdoor patio where you can do some parties, things like that. Of course, that's where the body's at. And what I do like is Sonny. Yeah, so so subtle. Not. <laughs> that was so not subtle. Oh, nothing to get Julian more suspicious about what's going on than to just kind of really offer the bottle bar. Like, come on, Julian knows Sonny well enough to know that if he's offering cash up to get you out, something's up. Yeah, and and even if Julian was interested in selling it, the last person he would sell to is Sonny because he he's not going to give something that's going to help Sonny out in any way, shape, or form. But then. But I think Julian does know what's up because he found there was a box. Or, I seem to recall him finding a box that had a picture of Mike and his friend in it. So the old wheels and the old Julian Jerome are kind of turning, and he's figuring out how he can make this work to his advantage. I'm sure. <laughs> but I and shout out to that great photo for uh, for Max Gale playing Mike. Uh, so it is just him with a bad wig on top of his head to make him look like he's back in the 90s. Maybe they photoshopped it. No, no. Poor, <laughs> I'm trying I mean, to Mac, give him the benefit of the doubt. Maxiel's great. He's fantastic. I love him. But, I mean, he still has those you know, those age lines, those creases. And so all it was is just, let's just put her, <laughs> let's put her just a bad rug on that top of the head. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> That's all it was. I'm like, oh, man. not. I mean, they couldn't have even found like an... Like a younger photo of him from back in the you know back in the nineties on something that they could have used. No, <laughs> oh, that was rough. That was rough. Mm. Oh, you know, I want to flip back to Peter real quick. I love that um, that that monologue poem that Peter tells Liesel about babies and feeling and all of that to get her to open up, and she falls for it. I'm like, girl, I thought you were smarter than that. No, oh. I just had to bring it up for a second because I was like, really. No one's ever asked me to talk about my story. She's before. like, no one, no one ever. I can't even do that accent, but she's always like, no one ever asked me about my story. They always wanted to know about Faison or you or this person or that person. Nobody ever asked about me, and he found her weakness. She just wants, she just wants to be recognized. She just wants people to pay attention to her. That's why she acts out all the time. Well, all right. If we're gonna jump back to that story for one more second, yeah, I will bring to, up yeah. the uh, when Sam and Curtis start breaking down the suspect list. <laughs> and and they build up to Obrecht. Like, come on. Like, is she not your... Why was she... That I'm, I'm with you on that one. How come she wasn't the first person on the list? Like, seriously? Absolutely. Like, why was she not the first person on the list? I don't understand how they had to go, okay, well, maybe it was this person, no. Maybe it was that person, no. And then she's the last person on the list. And then, after all of that, who do they go running to? She sends Curtis... <laughs> She sends Curtis to go talk to Nina. Like, Nina going to give up her aunt knowing that she in hot water with her. I'm like, y'all are killing me right now. <laughs> killing me softly, for real. Uh, yeah, not, not great. So, we've got the whole big uh, quest for how are we going to figure out how to get this body out of Julian's. Right. Without Julian knowing, because once he gets the permits filed for this, uh, it's only a matter of time before that body is recovered. Mm-hmm. So. That'll be a storyline that, uh, you know, I would say the bright light for that is at least it's got Scotty involved in another storyline. I'm loving seeing Scotty more lately. I'm loving my favorite moment, though, is when 
when he was sitting with Ava and he was about to bust the news to Ava about Griffin and Kiki, and she's like, "Yeah, I already know." He was like, "Oh, you do?" Like he looked so disappointed <laughs> that, he, that he wasn't able to create some chaos. That made me laugh out loud. That was funny. Well, I, I understand. I mean, Scotty, you're you're a lawyer, but you've been hired to sabotage <laughs> your client. Mm-hmm. But still, it's that fine line. Like, I, how can I sabotage him? But I also have to fulfill my duties, don't I? I'm honor bound. Yeah, he did say that. He's like, but at the same time, I'm like, well, we all know that that news about them kissing or doing whatever they did is going to come out, right? Whoa, 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 wait. Doing whatever they did? Um, you know what I'm saying. So, what do you hooking think they up, did? Them hooking up. I know what they did. They hooked up, all okay? Right. I, uh, I know they hooked up. Okay. So, um,. The news about that is eventually going to come out, but it's killing me to find out how it's... Because right now, we don't know how it's going to come out. We don't know if they're going to wait until the trial to have it come out. We don't so. know if it's going to come up before the trial. Like, we don't know. But in, in the meantime, Dr. Um, Bre- uh, Bench. Bench is really jacking up Kiki's head, messing up all her opportunities. He's trying to run her out the hospital. Oh, of course. But she was stupid. The, now, I blame General Hospital writers for this. Why would you say, why would you say in front of the person that you know don't have your back, I'm going to go talk to Dr. So-and-so about shadowing him, knowing that that fool is going to do something to intercept that? Why would you say that in front of him? Well, although, but with Bench as part of the shadow program, right? he'd but, be able to find out who Kiki was going but to But this anyway. is the thing. How come he didn't? If, if if he runs the shadow program, how come he didn't know before Kiki brought it up? And that's what I'm saying. If she had just gone and started the shadow program with that other doctor without bringing it up in front of Doctor Bench, she might have been able to had a little bit more leadway with the doctor that she you know was going to shadow before he kicked her to the curb. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, but, but true, I can understand that. I, I feel like Bench, regardless, he would have sabotaged it. He's getting on my nerves. Somebody need to punch him in his throat too. <laughs> <laughs> that one will be a good one, but it's not going to come until after that bomb is dropped in court. That's going to be because that's a place where it'll have maximum impact. It's got to happen there where Ava's got to be embarrassed and humiliated right there in front of everybody to find out that Kiki. I don't think, I don't think it's going to go down like that. I think I think it's going to go down in a different way that we don't see coming because that's so obvious. They do that all the time. I think they're going to do something different with this one. I mean, at, at least I'm I'm holding out hope. I'm going to keep hope alive. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm going to keep hope alive. That they'll do it a different way, just just for us, the viewers, to you know make us go, oh, that was you know, to have give us something to talk about, you know. This is the thing. I know it's a soap opera. I know soap operas have their formulas. I know they're notorious for doing certain things the same way, but General Hospital could so like kick a new president in bring. I'm sorry, bring a new president in the spotlight by not falling into that trap of doing that thing all over again in a courtroom. You know True. what I mean? I mean, and hopefully not. And I think the thing that would definitely be uh, tipping it in a favor of not having go like that is Scotty's relationship with Ava. I don't think he would deliberately want to do something that where Ava would be in the courtroom to find it out in that fashion. I hope not. I'm really hoping that they do something different. I would like to see something different regarding that, that tidbit of info. I would just like to see that go down in a different way. Because I feel like Scotty agreeing to at least kind of sabotage Bench's case. Mm-hmm. I feel like it can't go that easy. Mm-hmm. It's got there's got to be some uh, wrenches thrown into that, mm-hmm. where it's not going to go so smoothly for for Kiki. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess hopefully one of those is not the public airing of that, but at least 
Somehow you're right. In some way, shape, or form, they find yeah, it. Yeah, let's let's yeah let's try to be a little creative with that. Can we hop over to uh, to Maxi and Lulu for just a second? Okay. Okay. So I kind of love the fact that they made up and they were being the the old Maxi and Lulu for a second, and they had that moment toward uh, toward the end of their little fight where they hugged and they said, "I love you." I do love that. But what I'm not loving is that they keep they'll give Maxi like these really great moments and then somewhere in the middle of it or toward the end she'll start whining about not having Nathan her and the baby being alone I haven't lost somebody in that fashion so I'm trying to be sensitive in that respect but child in terms of the world of a soap opera I'm gonna need you to stop that you are a strong you are a strong woman to have given birth without lose because some people or in that situation, and they lose the baby. They don't even carry the baby to term. So you, you've created a, a human life under ridiculous circumstances, re- regardless of the fact that your husband was killed the way that he was, regardless of the fact that you were on the side of the road giving birth to a baby in the bushes in the woods. Like, that's extraordinary circumstances. Give yourself some credit and be the strong woman that you have proven to the viewers that you are. Stop whining and crying all the time about not having your man. Yes, you loved him. Yes, that's your baby's father. But you'll find love again with someone else, and it won't be Nathan. Nobody will ever be able to take Nathan's place. But I'm going to need you to stop whining about that, honey. Well, you know, I think that's the difference between real life and a soap opera. Where in real life, if you knew somebody that had gone through that circumstance, you would be... I'd be more empathetic. I would. you would. Because there, there is no getting over... It's just like when someone loses a parent. You never get over that. You never get over the fact that your mother or your father is gone. That's just something that you don't get over. And for some people, I have a girlfriend who lost her husband on 9-11. That's just something that you don't get over. And she, and ironically enough, she was pregnant with her first child when 9-11 hit. So the likelihood of her carrying that baby to term was really a high, it was a high-risk pregnancy for all of those reasons. She carried that baby to term, had a second, I'm sorry, she was pregnant with the second baby, my bad. She had the first baby. She was carrying the second baby. She carried the second baby to term, had that baby, and now both of those young ladies have graduated from high school. One of them is in college, you know, and there's not a day that goes by that my friend doesn't think about her husband, but there will never be anyone that can take his place. So, like, so back to your point with real life, you can't, you can't, um, nobody ever gets over that in real life, in real life. But in the soap opera, anything is possible. Well, true. Well, but I guess it's one thing, like, if you ran into that person in, in your life, you're going to be, as you're saying, much more empathetic. But there's something about seeing it, at least for me, and maybe for you, and I don't know, for people there in the chat or, or just viewers watching, that seeing it hammered so repeatedly on a soap opera can get irritating very, very quickly. You're like, man, just move on already. We get it. That you are, that you feel this way about whatever the situation is, just move on. Let's let's move to the next. And thing. again, that brings me to the point of soap operas having formulas. Like that's what they do. That's the formula that they're known for: dragging, dragging stuff out within an inch oh. of his life. So there's that. Yeah. What I I'll tell you my beef about that whole scene is that. <laughs> so Lula comes uh, to Crimson, and and uh, they, her and Maxie start chatting. And because it is very much of a whiplash of a scene, because they reference back it to was last fast. week. They yeah. reference back to last week when uh, Maxie invited Lulu over to have mm-hmm. a fun. But at no time during that conversation, as Lulu kind of recaps the events of what happened last week, nope. do they mention, "Hey, you know what? Colonel Sanders came over 
And he also <laughs> gave you the recipe well, girl, for his fried chicken girl, that's hiding in your apartment. Child, why would they? We talked about him so bad. <laughs> we we talked about him so bad. The people on social media talked about him so bad. I don't probably the, the soap um Rags probably talked about him too. They got drugged through the mud about that. They are not trying to bring up Colonel Sanders ever again. But you know what? That it, it was so preposterous that you have if you're gonna name check the events of last week, you <laughs> got you gotta mention something as bonkers as that that happened. That Colonel Sanders came in and that recipe is in my house. You you gotta mention that. No, they're not gonna mention that. I'm telling you because we dogged them out so bad, they are not ever gonna bring it up again. <laughs> I would think the only thing that but yeah, but they shoot that so far in advance. That like they the fact I know. that they did that scene without even mentioning it because it's another shot it's another product tie in and they're not gonna really do that. Not gonna give a free shout out. No, they're not. No. They're like, Oh, you're not paying us? No, so you get this one shout out and that's it. Yeah. But exactly. See, I mean that's the thing that's so frustrating about it, is that Maxie <laughs> has that recipe in her home and it will never be referenced again. It'll never be referenced again. I'm gonna tell you the Maxie moment that I no, we won't ever hear that again. But the Maxie moment that I loved is when Liesel and Nina left and she had the baby rocking the baby, having that bonding time. With, with baby James and they were watching the Yankees game and she had her little Yankees cap on that was awesome I love that moment there you go it's always enter- it, you know, the, the night speaking about cliches uh, that classic moment was like somebody who doesn't really know a sport describing the sport to somebody else. Like, but that's what made it. Cu- but that's what made it cute. That's what made mm-hmm. it cute. She knows she doesn't know. So her and her son, this will be something that they'll learn together and bond over together. Whatever. So <laughs> wait, let me let me holler about Sunny one more time, real quick. So okay. holler away. <laughs> there was that moment where Sunny and Mike are having a conversation, and he's explaining. He, he was he was all up in his feelings over Stella about maybe, you know, going out on a date one more time before his memory's completely gone. And he starts reminiscing to Sonny about how he met his mother and the first time they kissed. And I hollered out loud when Maurice Bernard says, yeah, I don't, I don't need, I don't need to know about you kissing my mother the first time. Yeah. I don't need to know that. And I laughed out loud because I think every child that ends up in a situation where that conversation is being approached by their parents you don't ever want to think of your parents that way. Like, we all know that that's how we got here, but I don't need to hear the details. Really? No. I don't need to hear the details of that. There you go. Just like, no, I don't need to hear the details of that, but I thought that was funny. (laughs) I thought that was really funny. Well, speaking of of Mike and Sonny, I would like to give a special shout-out to the scene between Mike and Stella that happened in the hospital, where Mike, so often with him being the focus of the Alzheimer's story, it's more of him kind of getting help from somebody else. So it was nice to have the tables turn and have him be able to give uh, advice to Stella yes. concerning her disgruntled attitude toward Curtis and Jordan getting married. Yeah, but but the damage had already done had been done because she made that phone call before that conversation, and then she had to turn around and not make the phone call. But we know that she, I think Carlene or I forget the child's name that she called, but whoever that that young lady is that she called, they showed a picture of her phone with the text messages and the voice messages from Stella, so you know she's coming to poor Charles. But what I liked about that is that the way that scene played out, it made it seem like she got that first message and then she dropped everything, including her phone, and just sprinted to the airport. And that made me laugh out loud. That's what made me, because I got that too. I laughed out loud. I'm like, ooh, Curtis was, <laughs> Curtis got everybody all yeah. upset. I'm Curtis like, Curtis's okay. drop phone, <laughs> I gotta go. 
It was like a um, what's that Julia Roberts movie, Best Friends Wedding. Oh yes. It was kind of like it was like a moment from that kind of sort of. It made me laugh out loud. So now I can't wait to see what this girl looks like. There's a cutout of her uh, on her office door. Just I can't whoosh. wait to see what she looks like. She better look better than Jordan, or it's uh, gonna be an issue. Chandra is her Chandra, name. Chandra, yes, yes. I knew it was something with a C. But <laughs> I knew it was something with a C. I was like, is it Carlene? I couldn't remember what it was. But yeah, Chandra. You know, because and again, this goes back to uh, the difference between real life and soap operas. In real life, uh, Stella's uh, grief about missing her son, yeah, mm. uh, or her nephew. Was it? Her, I thought it was her son. I believe it's her nephew. Okay, right? yeah, because she didn't, she Let's never see. had kids, but she raised them like. Oh, okay, maybe that's what it yeah. is. Because I hear her say it was like my son, so I th- I just automatically was like, oh, that's her son. So yeah. her grief over the loss of him. In real life, understandable. You're not going to maybe get over that. But in a soap opera, it is so tiresome <laughs> to see her just constantly be like that. Like, we got it. When you first come on, you're salty. kind of creates a rift between the Jordan and Curtis relationship. But, man, let's just move on already. That's how I'm feeling. So it was great to see Mike at least say, like, hey, that's not very Christian of you if you're going to be like this. I, you know, I had to give it to him for that. He was like, ooh, you, if you're supposed to be a Christian, aren't you supposed to be forgiven? I was like, oh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. He called her out. I know a whole bunch of Christians like that. Oh yeah, they don't walk, <laughs> they don't walk that walk, and they definitely don't talk that talk. So that was that was a, that was good to see a scene like that on television because that happens more often than not. Yeah, and, in uh, real life. So. W- well done between the two of them. I really like their chemistry, and that's fun just to see. However, how, whatever shape, way, or form that their relationship kind of goes, I'm always happy to see scenes between the two of them just kind of flirting and chatting and those little real moments between the two of them. But this is the other thing too. When I was watching them flirting and stuff. I, I I love the joy that is on Sunny's face when it's happening, but at the same time, I'm wondering what's going to happen. I feel bad for Stella because at some point, he's not going to be able to flirt with her. She's not going to be able to have that little, you know, little little feeling that she's having with him, having someone flirt with her. I'm wondering how this is going to affect her ultimately, too. Because her mood has lightened exponentially since she's been dealing with Mike. Like, she has not been walking around as crusty and salty as she has been since the nurse's ball. Since he, she went, So I'm just saying, you know, maybe because she won that Emmy, too. Shout out to Renee Watson. <laughs> <laughs> but she hasn't been as salty. So I don't... I'm interested to see how, they're gonna, how all of that's going to play out. Because they, at first they had her dealing with Mike quite a bit and now they have Felix being the caretaker inside the ho- the home and there was that one day where Mike wasn't having a good day and Felix was like yeah you you might not want to go up there right now mm-hmm. but I love the fact that Felix was like this is not your fault this doesn't have anything to do with you There's, they just have some days are worse than others I love the fact that they had him say that yeah that's uh, Felix is Felix is a great addition to the show and I, I just feel like it is it has been to GH's detriment that they have not found a way to utilize him more. He was usually, he was utilized quite a bit when Sabrina was on there. And then once Sabrina and Patrick and all of that disappeared, I don't think they quite knew what to do with him. That's which a was shame. which was unfortunate. So maybe now they'll find something for him because he's a great actor. I really like I really like watching him on screen. Yeah. He's really good. Well, because they kinda dallied around for a little bit with uh you know, with Brad and uh Felix. Uh Felix for a minute. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. As well and then you and then you threw in uh, good old what's his name? Bobby's son. <laughs> Lucas. <laughs> Lucas. You threw in that for a nice little triangle. I almost rather seen Lucas and Felix hook up. Then I mean Brad's fine, but eh, you know. Although it's like two really nice guys if you get Lucas and Felix together. So 
don't know. I just, I don't, I, I think I was hoping that that whole little triangle went a different way, too. I was, I was very, I was very surprised that it, it went down the way that it did, so... They have a plan for him, I guess. Yeah. Who well, knows what it is? Part of that plan is this week attending a wedding. The uh, just a, a super hot, fun go to event on Friday the thirteenth in Port Charles, which is the wedding of uh, Michael and Nell. <laughs> yes, and Nell. Oh my God! And they've already been talking about it in the chat room, and I agree with them, honey. Bobby Spencer showing up in black. Sam had on black too, though. So let's not forget Sam had on black, but Sam always has on black, so that's kind of like her uniform. But when Bob, but I love the reveal of Bobby being in the black when she comes in with Lucas and um, and Brad standing there, and you just hear her voice, and oh, then yes. they go to a commercial break, and you come back and you see her standing there like the Black Widow. I laughed out loud; it was funny. And you know, I could understand Brad's dilemma because, as he mentioned, he's somebody that loves shade. But it's also a friend of his, too, so it's tough. <laughs> I love that line. He said, he says, you know, I'm always down for some good shade, but yeah. I, I laugh. That whole scenario had me laughing out loud. I laughed out loud so many times during that. It was hysterical. I laughed out loud when Chase and Nell had that awkward kiss. I laughed out loud when, when Joss was trying to put the little butterfly clip in her hair mm. and it was barely in there. I laughed out loud when Joss came in the room and Ava was there. She was like, what are you doing? Like, it was just... A, a multitude of laugh out loud moments. What I like about this is finally, as for as long as it, we, we've been watching the storyline drag out forever, with Nell always kind of getting out, we, making like victories every single week. Mm-hmm. Now we start seeing the table starting the turn. We get to see Michael and Chase put the plan into motion. And we start seeing them really start to set Nell up. And it's been fun to watch that. It has been fun to watch that. It was really fun to watch when she overheard him talking about the will. Yes! <laughs> yes! When she overheard him talking about that will and she had that little smirk on her face like she was going to get some money and realized it was going to the baby. And then for a split second she was still smiling. But then she realized, well, if it go to the baby, that don't mean I'm going to get anything. And then she was like, do you love me? No, Diva, he does not love you. That's why everything going to the baby. Oh, I can't with her. I'm scared for him, actually. I'm actually, like, the storyline has me very intrigued. I'm actually very scared for him. I'm scared she's going to do something to him. It w- I, if she wasn't pregnant, I would be more scared. But the fact that, I mean, she's... Uh, I, don't I, think, don't I don't think that that's going to stop her. I really don't. I mean, hormone, her hormones being pregnant may stop her. She may be a little bit more emotional than usual. But... Yeah. <laughs> well, it does set up Carly, who had some nice conversations with Kevin this week, but as saying, like, hey, you know, I'm playing it right. I finally got it under control. Until. And, <laughs> until she has this dream of uh, Michael getting stabbed right there at the altar, which, what a great dream where, like, Ned is just standing there. Right, doing nothing. <laughs> Actually, everybody was just standing yeah. there doing nothing. It was, oh, it was pure right. comedy. But the smirk on Nell's face when Carly... Oh, well, let me back up. So so she does, Carly does that, but I love, remember I said, we hadn't seen Mary Pat in a while last week. I was like, where's Mary Pat? I ain't seen her in a minute. And good old Mary Pat came back. That, <laughs> Just in time. <laughs> we get to see Carly get her one up uh, on Mary Pat with some, you know, all respect to that actress, but some bad eye fluttering <laughs> for when they kind of show her kind of uh, blitzed out on that drug. No, I first love how the how the hand fell out of That's the right. bed, <laughs> and then we cut to the needle on the floor, and then we cut to the eye fluttering. Baby, when Mary Pat comes to, 
It's going to be, ooh, I, ca- I can't wait. I can't wait for that one. Are they going to show it? Ooh, I hope so. I cannot wait. Well, I mean, as Jason always says, Carly's our own worst enemy because she will do the worst possible thing at the worst possible moment. Yep. And this was after she talked to Michael. Yep. This was after she talked to Michael. The phone went dead. And I'm just like, girl, you when know, are you going to learn? I feel the only mistake Michael may have made in this plan was not going to speak to Carly directly. Like, I don't know why he didn't at all. Because he would have had to explain it to Nell, and that would have ruined the plan. But easy to say to Nell, just like, you know, I had to try one time. I'm getting married. No, nope. no, nope. that wouldn't work. Nell, Nell is by no means stupid. She would not accept any, because he's made it, he makes it feel like, he makes Nell feel like he doesn't want to talk to his mom. He He's upset that his mom feels what she feels, but he's not going to, you know, go and entertain that conversation with her. So... He'll let everybody else go visit his mom, but he's not going to go do it. So I understand why he didn't go. And you're right. He probably should have gone to say something to her, but that wouldn't have been a good move because Nell would have figured it out. She's a smart cookie. She would have figured that out. And then possibly when he came back, she may have gone to visit Carly herself and caught him there or overheard a conversation. There's a multitude of scenarios that could have gone down with that. True. Uh, so, But it ends with Carly busting in on that wedding. Say, there's no way this wedding's happening. I love that. That was some good old soap opera goodness for me. I love that. I laughed out loud, though. I was like, yes, Carly is coming in. Both barrels blazing. Yeah. I loved it. Uh, I do like that because, uh, well, one, I would love to know Carly's process. So she, she gets out. I, it, they let her just walk out of that, that loony bin uh, because she's not wearing any clothes. She didn't, like, change into, like, uh, nurse's scrubs or that orderly scrubs. That actually was odd. Yeah. That actually was odd. So, I'm, I'm wondering how. Maybe she took Mary Pat's keys. Maybe, yeah. So like, she, they didn't show that. True. But maybe she took Mary Pat's keys and that's how she got out. And then knows exactly where the wedding is. When and where the wedding is happening. Because Sonny probably told her when, when he came to visit her. Because he did know when he came to visit her. He knew. Did they? Did he know? He didn't know. Oh, wait. No, he didn't. He did not. Because they did it at the last minute. The they, fact that they, they were getting expedited married. expedited it. But right. not that it was happening. Exactly. Exactly. They but expedited I, it. What, and Carly knows. Like, hey, if weddings are going to happen in a super fast moment, it can only happen in the Metro Court. Well, there's only one ca- chapel in the town, so. Well, what at Charlie's? <laughs> Everything else is happening at Charlie's. Child, they're not going to have no wedding at Charlie's. <laughs> <laughs> and they what? Yeah, she, know, she knew there's one chapel in town, and she went to the one chapel they got, so she worked that out. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Uh, as we're getting ready to wrap up, why don't we do a little news and gossip? Okay. What Let's you got? After Buzz yeah. TV News. You know, we've, uh, everybody's been rooting for the longest time about Curtis and Jordan finally getting together. Mm-hmm. But now that they are at least engaged, who knows if they're going to be able to make it to the altar? Because Vanessa Antoine has been cast in a CBC show. She's the lead. So oh, no. uh, it is. she's not going to be on a contract status with the show any longer. Oh, no. But who knows what that means in terms of reoccurring, whatnot. But most, more than likely, the wedding is going to have to be delayed, if not uh, postponed indefinitely. And maybe that's why they're introducing Chandra. Okay. So there's uh, there's been talk about, hey, this could be a, a role that could be possibly being recast, which might be the truth there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know. There's been a, a casting notice that's been put out that has the description of a character that uh, is reminiscent of Jordan. Mm-hmm. So whether that is a recast or just a whole new character, uh, nobody knows for sure. But it's, uh, as of right now, uncertain uh, what uh, Jordan's, uh, Vanessa's, I should say, status of the show is going to be. I wouldn't have a problem with that. I wouldn't have a problem with them recasting Jordan. I love Jordan, but yeah. I wouldn't have a problem with that. It would, it, it would 
you know, add a little spice to the situation, I think. But certainly congratulations goes to yes, her. Yes, most definitely congratulations. Yeah, she... Uh, Vanessa she, Antoine. Yeah, so it's going to be uh, right there, uh, head for a CBC show, lead role. So that's great that's news awesome. for her. That's awesome, yeah. Leaving that soap world for... It's prime time, right? Prime time. Prime time CBC yeah, show. That's there. always a goal, so yeah. Congrats, yeah, girl. Yeah, there you go. So she, rocking those Canadian airwaves. Uh, Anthony <laughs> Montgomery uh, shouting tons of praise for his uh, his lady partner uh, there on social of media. Of course he Look would. He would want to. Yes. <laughs> uh, so that's all a little bit of news and gossip. But as we're getting ready to wrap up, we can do some quick predictions of what we think will happen next week. And now, you're after Buzz TV. <laughs> yes. I think that Carl... I think that... Um, Carly is going to go after Nell in that chapel, and that's going to give Nell the impetus that she needs to to get going with uh, Michael. And I think that uh, things are going to speed up a little bit with finding that body behind Charlie's. I think that there's going to be a little escalation between Oscar and Joss, because ever since... They had that little July Fourth visitor. She's she's been a little shady Cameron. boots mm. <laughs> ever since Cameron came back. She's been a little shady boots. So we'll see what happens with that. And um, I don't know. I, and, and yeah, I, I think that's all I think will happen this week coming up. I just want to see Jocelyn get more proactive because when she walks in on Chase and Nell, oh, she gonna use that to her advantage, macking out like crazy, and then Nell doing her her, her, her patented, double tongue. Whoa, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Get away from me! Oh, make no mistake about it, she's gonna use that to her advantage. She's Carly's daughter, after all. So yeah, she's gonna use that to her advantage. Well, we do see Oscar, uh, of course, wearing the cologne to the wedding. So I'm waiting for that. I mean, Ava picks up on it, but so far nothing else has happened with that. I'm curious. Carly gonna pick up on it, and it's gonna be all. That's true. Oh. I can't wait. Carly's gonna pick up on it, and it's gonna be all barrels blazing. Truck. Love yes, that. Yes, <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, there's gonna be a lot happening this weekend, GH, uh, for sure, and we'll be back to talk all about it next Sunday night. But as always, folks, like us on Facebook, give us those five stars on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Thank you, everybody, for hopping in the chat. You've kept Carla laughing, entertained throughout the whole show. <laughs> but if you're watching after so, after we've aired live, feel free to comment down below as well. Uh, Carla likes nothing more to get a nice glass of Merlot and just read those comments <laughs> late at night. But if you want to stay in touch with either of us, even after the show is off the air, Carla, where can they find you? Hey, you guys. You can find me across all social media platforms at The Curvy Critic. And don't forget to come join me over at Black Hollywood Lives Black Tomatoes on 5 p.m. on Sundays. I'll talk to you there, too. Carla will never invite me on that show. You can come. You no. can come anytime you want. No, that's not you don't want to come. No, you don't want to have You me. just throw shade at me anyway. Nah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget, folks, to comment down below, too, for your own personalized shout-out from Carla Renata <laughs> that you've gone and subscribed to the show on the, on the YouTube channel. But as always, folks, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Happy Go Jackie. We'll be back here next Sunday night with another edition of the GH Report right here on AfterBuzz TV. Bye. Executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 